It is the blizzard of the century. Or at least that's what the newspapers were calling it on your way in. Penny O'Brien, you are extremely late to your appointment. Well, you've been extremely late for about two hours, but that's okay. You're in the East Coast, and it's only a few days before Thanksgiving, and you were given a very strange invitation to attend a, quote, once-in-a-lifetime sneak preview of something incredible. You've been invited to the manor of Mr. Walter Poach, a known millionaire, some sort of captain of industry. And you were supposed to be here about four hours ago, but now you're in the manner of Walter Poach, sitting in the kitchen, eating leftovers? Question mark? The food is still incredible, but it was obviously served, you know, a while ago, back at dinner time. It's about 8 p.m. The snow is ridiculous, just absolutely ridiculous. Nobody was prepared for it. It was a small miracle you got here at all. The kitchen is grandiose, as these things tend to be in manners. It's not kind of the old world style, which you've seen in your travels, where they have the kitchen in the basement. It's actually on the first level. It seems to be a feature to show off just how many cooks can operate and just how fancy all the new appliances are and just how beautiful and clean the whole thing is. Uh, you're sitting at a table in the corner. You had a choice of uh, the chicken or the steak. What did you go with? Chicken. So you have a lovely roast chicken, um, some fingerling potatoes with a lemon glaze, um, along with some, uh, I guess, roast squash. And to drink? Water. And a glass of water, much to the chagrin of the head cook. Mrs. Fry, the head cook, who um, was really hoping to impress you with her wine selections, but here we are. Mrs. Fry has been doting on you all evening, um, even though you haven't been here very long and clearly all the other guests ate a while ago. As, but she's here anyway. She's a stout woman um, with brown hair that's clearly graying under her um, kerchief and she's she's leaning over just is everything to your to your liking everything is is quite nice yes thank you this is the the potatoes are amazing i've just i'll start there the chicken perfect oh i'm, I'm so glad to hear it i was afraid that it'd been you know i put it in the refrigerator and then had to take it out to warm it up and then it wasn't quite to my standards but i'm, I'm glad you're still enjoy, enjoying a nourishing meal in this Bracing cold. How do, however did you get here through all that blizzard? Well, I like to think that it's going to be a combination of skill and patience and dedication, but really it helps being small because I can follow other people. Uh, she laughs and she goes, Oh, you're so witty. No wonder you want write those wonderful books. Well, uh, I, sorry, I, I haven't actually read them myself, but uh, uh, my, my daughter is a big fan. Oh, well, that's nice. Is she in the family business? Oh, oh no, no. She she's off at school. Um, university girl, after all. What is she studying? Something exciting, I hope. Um, well, actually, she's studying English literature. Um, I was kind of hoping she might um go into something professorial, um, something out of a kitchen, at least. 
Well, the humanities are an export and excuse me. Well, the humanities are an important exploration of who and what we are as a people, and they do help us expand our horizons by looking both towards the future as we create and towards the past as we learn. May I have some more water, please? Oh, yes, uh, of course. And she rushes off to do that. Penny O'Brien, um, where are you in your career right now? Well, the books have already been written, so she's she's made some headway and made some connections with uh, apparently some captains of industry or industry adjacent, if she's getting an invite of any variety. Um, so she's established, but not maybe world famous excellent excellent is there anything else uh of note right now anything she's wearing holding uh i will say the invitation was for um overnight okay so she'd probably roll with a pretty standard small leather um suitcase or bag of some variety something very hard wearing uh for the travel probably some heavy skirts and boots and a nice sturdy jacket because She's from East Coast-ish, a little further inland, so she's used to snow, maybe not the depth that she's faced for this, Mm -hmm. but she's not unprepared, and as is her want, she does have tissues or handkerchiefs available, but since it was not an, uh, shall we say, egregious amount of travel, she's still relatively well-assembled. Excellent. Um... Also, she has a small work satchel where she keeps like writing utensils, notebooks, that kind of thing. Beautiful. As you're uh, finishing the ends of your meal and drinking your last glass of water, the uh, door to the kitchen bursts open for just a moment. Um, and you feel a burst of cold air and uh, the person stepping in shoves the door firmly behind him. He makes a show of like, Ugh, and then uh, brushing the snow off of his uniform. It's a police officer. She tips uh, an imaginary hat toward him. He tips his actual hat toward you, says, uh, ma'am. Sorry, uh, just uh, thought I'd come in and warm up a bit. And uh, Mrs. Fry comes by and goes, oh, Officer Ost, uh, I didn't think we'd be seeing you again. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't think so either, but I guess uh, Mr. Poach thought it would be overly rude of him to not invite me to the big moment, so... I guess I get to see what all the hubbub's about. Or maybe he just figured he wanted a, you know, cop around. Well, I don't know about the others, but I do have to say I do feel safer with you around. Especially with all this commotion going on in the house. I do wish Mr. Poach would cut it out with all of it. And then uh, Mrs. Fry turns to you and says, Oh, um, Miss O'Brien, this is uh, Robert Ost, uh, a local police officer. He got caught up in the storm, you see, and uh, Mr. Poach was... Kind enough to let him stay in the the servants' quarters for the evening. Well, that is that is a good good thing to do because it is. I was going to say it's not fit for man or beast outside, but I mean I'm pretty sure there's several beasts that don't care, but definitely not for people. It's it's kind of miserable. I'm glad that you have a safe place to be, officer. Uh, likewise, ma'am. He doesn't seem to know who you are or why you're important, but he's at least polite. You say there's been a hubbub. Or a commotion? I've, I arrived late, so I, I'm sadly out of the loop at this particular moment. Mrs. Fry gives uh, Officer Ost a, a look and he goes, Oh, well, um, sure, but the reason you're here, I, I suppose, right? You're here for the, the Shining Plenty? 
Is that what my invitation said? You glance back down at your invitation. It does say, come see the unveiling of the Shining Plenty in this private preview. That would be the case, sir, yes. Not certain as to why this is not typically in my uh, purview, but one must never shy away from new connections. She taps her nose. And uh, then she sneezes politely <laughs> to one side. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Uh, oh, oh, bless you. Of course. Um, yeah, I I don't know much about it. I just know that it's worth a lot of money. So I guess anything Mr. Poach would do would be worth a lot of money, right? Likely, yes. It is the way of captains of uh, industry or such. Mrs. Fry uh, says, well, um, Miss O'Brien, now that you've finished your dinner, I've been instructed to... Uh, have you go down to the to the parlor or, or, or into the great hall? I'm sorry, in front of the parlor door. Um, that's where they're gathering right now. Should I take my bag, or oh no, no is there no. a place that I could leave it where it would not be in the way? I, I will have uh, Boyle and Brian take it up for you to your room. May I have one moment? I will exchange my outerwear for something a bit more event appropriate. And, and then, yes, I, w- I, will, I will head the direction you indicate. That would be lovely. Oh, of course. Uh, Mr. Boyle will show you to your room. Boyle's just a standard footman. He carries your bag for you. He leads you upstairs. Actually, he strangely, he leaves you up, leads you up the servant stairs um, to get you into the second floor. And on the second floor, you are led to a very nice room, a uh, guest room inside the manor. You are left alone in there to change. Anything else you want to prep or do before you head out? Uh, she will change out of her, her travel gear to a... Is it a black tie event or is it just a nice not, event? Not clear based on the invitation. Hmm. So she will change into what is kind of a dressy uniform for her mother's college. Her mother's a, a teacher and they have like, you know, university events or whatever. And it's effectively not adult formal wear mm. but it it can be mentally construed as such <laughs> so it's, it, it's like it's like when you see somebody doing military chic almost but it's like right you know bridging the line of actual uniform and actual nice nice clothing right if somehow but, so, this is black tie she'll just come across as quirky and not underdressed yeah and it's it's she's Youthful enough in appearance that people will just assume, oh, she's a kid. She doesn't have a cocktail dress. <laughs> she's undeniably going to be at best upper middle class appearance, but she can clean it up. Okay. So gone are the travel tweeds and the boots. And she has a nice kind of wrappy shawl thing, but she doesn't let go of the bag. The bag comes with. It's just arrayed slightly kind of crossbody so that the bag is behind her and under the shawl and is not immediately in evidence. Uh, excellent. But she does have a tiny little like either note cards or something and a writing utensil secreted in the front for ease of access. All right. So you descend the stairway into the great hall and um, you see, as promised, the five people gathered in front of it. Perception time. Two purple. Woohoo. 
And while I just hit my microphone, like I said, I wouldn't. <laughs> and while Leslie is rolling the first check of the game, I will also point out that there are currently five destiny points on the board. They're mm -hmm. um, all set to light side. No, no, I totally rolled those. They're all light because I rolled that well. And um, we all know that that's true. The, they're not going to be used quite the same way. Oh, no. But you can flip them in the traditional way, but there's also going to be something additional used with them. I have not play tested this, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, what is my difficulty? And I am totally going to start by using one because... Uh, She's not tremendously perceptive, which could be complicated, but, you know. <laughs> it's too purple. I almost hit the middle one just to be obnoxious, but because I love you, Chris, I, I picked the one end. And, and you did it the right, the correct end is from right to left. <laughs> I did do it at the correct end is what you're saying. It's like, yeah. I did do it on the right. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That, that is the correct way. You start, if it's, it, darks go from right to left and lights go left to right. Okay. Uh, I... Totally did it intentionally. Um, so flipping the point gets me a yellow and two green versus two purple. Pew! One success. Oh, yeah. All right. So five people. The first one is going to be... I'm sorry, there's six. I forgot to include Officer Ost, who is also there, but you already met him. Um, you also Great have uh, Walter Poach. He's pretty obviously the gentleman in his mid to late 50s wearing an extremely nice suit although it's not black tie it's kind of a gray with a um overcoat vest type thing that's white and he's got a golden um pocket watch chain hanging out the front he looks classy um put together nice brown shoes well-trimmed mustache he's holding a drink in one hand obviously playing the role of the host Nearby you have um, another man in his late 20s. Uh, he's wearing a, a similar style suit, kind of a ashen gray, uh, but he has a bright colored shirt underneath it. I'm going to say powder blue and, and a tie. It's kind of ill-fitting for winter. It looks more like a summer suit. Not sure why he'd be wearing it. Um, he also has a drink in one hand, although his is much more empty than uh, the older, than uh, Walter Poach's. Next to him is a uh, woman with dark hair and glasses. She's wearing high fashion, or at least that's, I guess, what you would describe it as a dress. It's with, um, it's very geometric, I guess is a word you would use for it, um, with, with a lot of shapes and different colors. And she um, it has a cigarette with a long cigarette holder. There's a uh, another man in his late 20s with uh, sandy brown hair wearing a military uniform with a lot of medals and ribbons on it. And then there's another woman, a younger woman, even... Well, how old are you at this point, Penny O'Brien? Established, but not world famous. I would say mid to late 20s. Okay, this woman looks younger than you, perhaps late teens. 18, 19 at the oldest. Um, she's wearing exotic clothes, like flowy, silky. There's a cloak involved. There's a hood. There's some scarves. Um, you got some kind of knowledge check. 
Well, I mean, I can always do a knowledge check. It's just a question of whether or not I'm prepared. Oh, do you have like edu? What do you got ranks like? Education? You gotta be educated. I have a rank in education and society is a career skill, but it is not one that I have in, uh, invested in. All right, give me an education check. One purple. But one threat. Okay. Um, Both of my good dice were blank, my friends. <laughs> uh, I forgot. Leslie rolls bad. Um, so <laughs> you get the sense that she's wearing the traditional dress of a country, but you're not sure which one. Uh, do you approach, or is there anything else you want to do before you get closer? I would like to kind of scope out everybody's demeanor. Like, Mr. Poach is obviously, he's playing the host, he's got the drink. Um, but aside from, how old does the, the dark-haired woman look? Um, mid to late 40s. Okay, so I've got three youths and myself. How old is Mr. Poach? Mid 50s. Okay. So yeah, I'd, I'd like to see if I can do something a little more in depth to either get their attitudes or any interpersonal connections. Okay. Do you have some sort of skill that, like some sort of talent you want to use to do that? Or do you want to just roll a different perception? Most of her talents are actually involved with the technical um, hunt aspect of activity because, you know, yeah, she, she she wanted to be Tintin, but <laughs> she's probably more Encyclopedia Brown. All right, let's do this then. Let's roll individual perception checks, and I will modify the rolls as necessary. So pick your first target. So we've got... I'm actually going to... I think I might just go in order, because I'm really curious about the ill-fitting suit person. Uh, initial impressions without any context, because I'm assuming I haven't met anybody, even though I was invited. Correct. Um, just off the top of her head, possibly a son or a relative. Um, same would be said for the the woman in her 40s would be a, more likely to be a relation, okay. especially if she's smoking. Got it. Let's start at there. Such an important event. Let's do the first one. It's going to be a uh, two purple. You get a blue. I get a what? A blue. And it's just another perception? Yes. Unless you can think of something else. Nope. Nobody's trying to, like, come at me. So, two success and an advantage. Your gut serves you well, Penny O'Brien. You can definitely see a familial relation here um, between this man and, and Poach. What I will say is that the suit really isn't ill-fitting, it's ill-seasoned. So, like, it's very nicely tailored, very high quality. It just seems to be the wrong color. Um, I don't know how much fashion that you're into. You don't have any ranks in society, but it comes across to you as sort of a suit that someone would wear, like, you know, at the Kentucky Derby, not at a Thanksgiving or a few days before a Thanksgiving party. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, his cheeks are pretty rosy, so uh, that's definitely not his first drink. And uh, you were looking for demeanors. Um, he seems pretty loose, pretty casual. He's very comfortable here. Home turf. All right, let's do okay. the next one. The woman. Um, the woman in her 40s with a geometric dress. Go ahead, and it's going to be uh, two purple, one black. Okay, and that's the lady that's smoking, yeah? Correct. Has glasses? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. One success. Taking your observations from the first one, you can tell that this woman is probably not related to the poachers, at least not physically. They don't bear any physical resemblance that you can pick up on. Um, you do, from your distance, although you can't hear exactly what's being said, you do detect he- uh, traces of a French accent. She looks guarded. So I'm picturing her holding the, um, kind of doing the, the Miss Scarlet thing where she's holding one elbow with one hand and she's holding the, the cigarette pretty close to her face and keeping herself very contained yep. as she observes what's going on. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, Captain military uniform. Yeah. What are your initial impressions? I'm assuming that since it's a uniform, it is, and he's, you said mid-20s, he's probably very well fitted unless there's um like some overt physical change that he's gone through because he's young enough that he shouldn't be going to the going to seed as it were mm-hmm. um you said he's sandy i would think a connection or a friend okay or or perhaps a a school connection or friend for the son okie doke um two purple one blue three advantage He's very stone-faced and military-like, so you can't really get a read on how he's feeling. Um, But your advantages are that he does seem to be referenced by the other young man quite a a bit, so you can tell that they know each other. Um, And I would say... Is he drinking? He is not. He's not drinking. He is not drinking. That's a good... That is a good thing to, to note. Um, and I will say that you can tell upon closer inspection that Captain is actually the exact rank that he has. Um, and you can see his, he's got a little name tag that says smoke. Is he armed? He is not armed. Okay. So he's, it's, it's, I'm assuming a formal dress since he's wearing medals and stuff. Yes. Okay. And then there's only and the mysterious woman, right? The mysterious woman who's you very young. Yeah, whom you believe is wearing a traditional dress of a country, but you cannot remember which one. Mm-hmm. Is it, like, nigglingly familiar, or is it, like, generic? It is like you rolled a threat, and I'm not going to give you any more information. You're a butt. <laughs> um, no, that's a, that is the correct response. Doesn't make me happy about it. Uh, okay, so... Um, Go ahead. Give yeah. Me your, yeah. Give me some impressions. See if you can uh, adjust this role a little. Well, you've got the captain involved and you've got a young lady that's international. And yet we also have that woman that had the kind of potentially French accent. She is honestly the most curious of the lot because she's young. So I would assume in the context that she is maybe not actually supposed to be there. She was maybe sent as an envoy for somebody who couldn't come. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, what do I do with that? Okay, um, it's going to be one, so two purple, one blue, two blacks. Oh, butts. Okay. No, no, I'm going to do it. Have a, another light side point turn dark. Three success, one threat. I still don't know what country she's from. <laughs> no, sorry, continue. Uh, okay, so a couple of things that you notice. She looks... um composed as best as someone her age can be like you can tell she's trying to keep composed to hide her emotions that sort of thing she's breathing very steadily as if intentionally trying to control herself 
um, and is very much not making eye contact with Officer Ost. Mm. She also looks to be the most uncomfortable one of the group. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, Penny will descend quietly and unobtrusively, but not in a sneaky way. Okay. You descend quietly and unobtrusively and not in a sneaky way. But Mr. Poach does see you and goes, ah, and the last of our guests are finally here. Uh, thank you for joining us, Miss O'Brien. Everyone, this is Penny O'Brien. I believe some introductions are in order. Uh, first is the young man whom you pegged as family. Uh, he leans forward with a handshake and uh, Mr. Poach says, this is uh, Stuart Halpert. He's my nephew. And he says, please call me Stu. Uh, she'll, in this context, is like the half curtsy kind of the bob acceptable or is it just a handshake? You know what? No, it's just a handshake. All right. This isn't royalty. She's not going to be uh, played down by any of these people for all of their wealth that they may or may not have. So she will return the handshake with a bright smile. All right. And this uh, is Blanche Asper. She's the artist who created Shining, uh, Shining Plenty. Charmed, I'm sure, she says. Uh, same, same kind of vibe, a, a more gentle handshake and a less kind of straightforward smile and kind of a, a nod. And uh, this is Captain Smoke. Oh, wait, what's his first name? I forget. Uh, oh. And this is Captain Donovan Smoke. He was a friend of my son's when they served in the military together. And he does one of those little like heel clops and goes, ma'am, gives you a nice nod. Uh, returned? Well, not the heel clop, the nod. Mm. And then uh, and then with some clear sort of discomfort slash disdain, Poach motions to the last young woman and says, uh, and uh, this is Miss Rutabaga, my uh, mother's assistant. And she just kind of gives a sort of a mysterious nod toward you. Doesn't move to shake hands or anything? Nope. Um, I'm, I'm very sorry. You know, it, it was my mother's idea to invite you. She's a massive fan of your work, Miss uh, O'Brien. But unfortunately, she's up stills. Uh, she seems to be taken with the early stages of the flu. Well, to be fair, this weather, with such an abrupt change, that does make sense. I do hope that she recovers well enough soon. Thank you. Uh, I do hope that uh, you'll enjoy the presentation nonetheless. I'm sure to be delighted or display the appropriate response. <laughs> and with that, Mr. Poach goes back to the parlor door and says, well, everyone, I believe we've uh, waited long enough for the grand moment. This is, I must say, Madame Asperger's best work. And I'm not only saying that because I'm the one that commissioned it. Chuckle, chuckle, hearty laugh. Um, mm -hmm. And he says, um, I do believe that when I present this in two weeks' time, the rest of the world will be truly amazed at its splendor. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present to you The Shining Plenty. And he opens the parlor door with a flourish. You all walk in to see a Thanksgiving dinner laid out on a table beneath a transparent case. Obviously, it is not a normal Thanksgiving dinner. Um, the turkey is made of solid gold. There seems to be a, a dish of mashed potatoes 
Um, but they're crystalline with melted yellow and white gold on top. There are some bread rolls made of some sort of semi-precious stone that looks like bread. There are sparkling red cranberry sauce rubies in a serving dish. There's a dish that looks like it's a uh, green bean casserole, but you could see that it's um, got this sort of stabbing, um, very prismatic green gemstone sticking out of um, more molten metal that gives it this appearance of the casserole. And then lastly, there's a pumpkin pie made out of, um, a, well, I don't I don't know how much you know about rocks. How much do you know about rocks, Penny O'Brien? Enough to usually identify things that are of wealth or import, but not enough to necessarily know their names. Okay, well, this pumpkin pie is made out of a gem, a very large gemstone uh, that has been polished and cut to look like a, you know, orangey, iridescent thing. It is beautiful, expensive, and outright gaudy. You but you know that's what you see <laughs> and of course everybody's clapping um polite clap internally completely confused by <laughs> everything about the situation <laughs> this seems kind of like it should be a sort of practical joke <laughs> but it would be very expensive as a practical joke so hmm Officer Ose is standing in the back of the whole thing and he kind of gives you a look like, I don't get it. Rich people, right? <laughs> anyway, everybody um, starts walking around and admiring the case from all different directions yeah. to kind of see uh, the, the valuables, as it were. Is it full size? Oh, yeah. And is it on a, like, is it set up like an actual banquet table? Correct. Um, it's on a white tablecloth, but everything is under this transparent case. Um, you would notice that there's a very large locking mechanism on one side of it. Are there place settings or is it just the food? It's just the food. Okay. I don't know why that's important to know, but I feel like that's important to know. Actually, it kind of means that he's not intending to share it in any meaningful <laughs> way, but that's beyond the point. <laughs> well, Ms. O'Brien, um, uh, what do you think? Well, it is truly uh, an astonishing work. I... I haven't found the words as of yet, but I, I will search by lexicon as I uh, take a look. This is quite the meal for the eyes. Ah, see, see, Madame Asperge, you've stumped even a professional author. <clears throat> and she looks kind of like tosses her hair aside and says, of course I have. This is one of the greatest works I have ever completed. It is quite something. Is Is this... Your first foray into foodstuffs? <laughs> well, um, as you know, if you have heard of me, um, one of the, one of my first foodstuff creations was that of the, the blood wine. I use a similar technique with the cranberries, inserting cut gems in such a way that it looks like liquid. It was that work that caught the attention of Monsieur Poch. And it is why I'm here today. Yes, the, the liquid is, is quite convincing. It, they look tremendous and juicy. <laughs> but I'm, I'm most intrigued, I feel, by the potatoes or perhaps the pie. 
Um, she's, you know, talking to them, but kind of also walking around sure. with her hands behind her back, you know, not touching anything very specifically and scrutinizing while also kind of trying to keep an eye on the whole kind of shebang. Right. Uh, the mashed potatoes were perhaps one of the more difficult ones to do. I had to use quartz, but not refine it too much. Otherwise, it becomes too shiny and too, uh, how do you say, refractive. In order to get the consistency of the mashed potatoes, I had to keep it rather rough. But uh, the muddled gold for the gravy, I believe, uh, really sells image. And the pumpkin pie is made of a very large fire opal. What might almost believe it a bodfire opal? Quite. <laughs> Penny is technically impressed. <laughs> I mean, in a very specific way. You have to. You have to. You know. Uh, there's, is there anything more American than a captain of industry spending a ridiculous amount of money and making a Thanksgiving dinner look like it does? <laughs> it is. Yeah. No. No. That feels really kind of on the nose. Right. There you go. Uh, right around hey. now, the they, um, I forgot the names. Got to open my cast file again. Okay. Um, right around now, um, the other footman, you presume, Mister Brian, kind of steps in. Brian is big. He's like six and a half feet tall, and clearly could have had a career in breaking people and or things. And he walks over to Poach and and kind of uh, mutters something in his ear. Poach looks distraught. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, everyone. Um, we'll have to cut the presentation a little short. It seems my mother has taken a turn for the worse. Um, but uh, do do feel free to uh, enjoy yourselves over in the... Uh, blanking on the name of that room. Hold on, when I get my map. Did you get your clue board out so you can pick the different rooms? No. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Well, we're in the lounge. You're in the parlor. We're in the parlor. Excuse me. He goes, uh, you, you may, of course, re uh, return to the drawing room if you uh, need some more drinks. And um, hopefully we'll have a moment tomorrow morning to take another look at the piece. But for now, I must ask you, you all bid me good night. And he rushes out of the room. And Mr. Brian starts to subtly and sometimes not so subtly direct people to leave the parlor. Um, I will not resist in any way, but I will kind of make my way so that I'm exiting with the, uh, the mother's assistant. Ah, okay. So you're standing near, uh, Miss Rutabaga. Is she a vampire? Um, how would you, how, how are you trying to, <laughs> how are you trying to determine this? <laughs> um, I would... <laughs> Not specifically trying to determine, I'm just... Wait, sorry. Player knowledge, character knowledge, player knowledge, character knowledge. No, um, I, I will just kind of... Are you just trying to get more of a, more information out of her, or just try to get closer to see if you can pick up something different? I actually will address her directly. Oh, okay. As we're leaving the room. How did you best go with him if she is... If you are her assistant? Oh, um... Mrs. Poach directed me to make sure that I watched all of the events of today. And I'm not really an assistant. I'm her spiritual advisor. I kind of feel like I should make a um, discipline roll to not make a face at that. 
Uh, but do, Penny says, do this instead ah. for me. Tell me what your um, vigilance is. Vigilance is willpower. Four green. Ooh, you're quite vigilant. All she right. is a will-based character. Okay. Um, so there was a two yellow and one green attempt against your <laughs> four purple. Um, was this a discipline or a, was this a deception check? No, this was, she was trying to, she has her hand in your satchel. Mm. And you have caught it. You may deploy the threats as you feel necessary. You can treat it as a success with three advantages. So, because she rolled a failure with three threats. So she's, yes, she, she fumbled did. So this she, bad. Well, so it's not just that, I don't think she actually made it into the satchel. Uh-huh. She, she tried to, but the way I have it set up is that it, you have to interfere with the wrap before you can get to the satchel. That is true. You did specifically call that out. So, so I, I'm thinking the failures, obviously she didn't make it in. Right. So she has, she hasn't had a chance to actually swipe anything or correct cause problems. Um, the threat, I, I would like at least one of them to be that she can't play it off. Okay. Like. There's no way she could justify um, readily what I caught her in doing. Like, okay, yeah. So there's a moment you two lock eyes. You know, she knows you know, and she knows she's not getting out of this. So it's really kind of your move at this point. I would like to take her arm comfortingly, uh-huh. since her uh, beloved client and confidant or whatever she is is unwell. So I would like to keep her close and have um, some insight into to her. And actually, you know what? She she was already shying away from Ost. So um, I would like to be able to pick up either something about her as I take her arm and we kind of leave as the two young ladies in the party. Uh-huh. Um, just whether it's I can tell... Like the cloth is weird or she's got a specific like piece of jewelry or something that is out of place. Mm, okay. That can give me an in. Sure. Um, uh, okay. Um, she's wearing a very old tarnished locket that would have like, you know, a picture in it if you could open it. And at the, uh, same, it- at the same time, if you're trying to also get a feel for like, you know, you mentioned, oh, you see that she actually glances at him and he looks a little confused and he starts walking towards you, too. Hmm. Uh, well, I don't want the rabbit to take flight. So um, I would like to ask her. <laughs> I know. Miss Rutabaga, um, would you be so kind since I have just more or less arrived i haven't really had a chance to get situated could you uh she kind of hems and haws in a a delicate lady kind of way could you show me to the powder room at that as you finish your question os comes over and goes uh is there a problem here and um miss rutabaga shakes her head and goes no 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 just women's things come this way and she if, if you'll excuse us officer it's you know, it's just private. He looks very uncomfortable, turns around, <laughs> walks away, uh, and she leads you towards the upstairs. Um, and she stops in front of your room and says, your room, I presume? 
how does she know it's my room? You could ask her. That is a good Is it in fact my it is correctly my it room? It is correctly your room. Huh. It's interesting that you know that since there was no guarantee that I would arrive. Well, it was the only one left. All the other rooms up here are taken or otherwise foreboden. I suppose as the spiritual advisor, you get to spend some time in this house. I've been with Mrs. Poach for seven months now. We get on rather well. Is there a point to this? Was there a point to you trying to get into my satchel? I just find it curious that you were invited, that's all, Miss O'Brien. I'm trying to make sure that my client isn't trying to be fleeced. I dare say you should know better, because she was the one that invited me. I just wanted to see identification to verify it was you. I have no idea what you look like. That seems fair, except for my picture is usually on the books of which she is so fond. I'm not really a reader. Somehow that doesn't surprise me. You are quite dexterous, though. Am I? I didn't uh, know more than anyone else, I don't think. Hmm. (laughs) What would a roll be to try and open the locket, like reach out and pop the locket without her being prepared? Hmm. Um... Coordination? Depends on how, I guess. If you're trying to do it like quick and or you want to like grab it. You could I would take athletics if you want to just like rip it off her, her neck. I mean, athletics is technically the better role for me, but no, this is more of a kind of um you know, she's playing it very cool with me. I want to play it very cool with her, kind of do the straighten her scarf and then just reach over and pop the locket when she's not expecting it. Um Skullduggery, um, I guess I would say, if you're trying to, like, catch her off guard. Okay. What be my difficulty, sir? Uh, uh, run, one red, one purple. Oof. Ba-doop, ba-doop, bloop, roll. That was a good plan. I flipped a point, and I got <laughs> an success. All right. So you do exactly as you say. You, um, I'm going to give you a light side point back. Um, you have adjusting the scarf and you clip open the locket inside you see a picture of hmm I need a knowledge check knowledge hmm pop culture I guess you can roll your society roll that might count I mean it's all just going to be a, an intellect roll so um it's going to be too purple how often do you follow entertainers that kind of thing I mean, you are in the industry, sort of. Sort of. I'm I'm industry adjacent. I would say that she has, rather than being directly involved in uh, a lot of the entertainment stuff, I would say that it's her cousin. Like, she, she has somebody in her life that drags her to the movies and takes her to concerts and does, like, oh, we've got to go do this, or you've you've got to see this. Uh-huh. Have you seen this magazine kind of thing? Got it. Okay. Um. So give yourself a blue. Okay. You said it was... Oh, I don't know if I did. Um, Two purple. Did, did you? Two purple? Okay. One success again. <laughs> I'll take it. Hey, the blue showed up on that one. <laughs> it did. It's because it's like, wait, who is this? Okay. In it, you see... um, It's a like a picture, I suppose, like that fans would take. I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, there's a younger girl who is clearly her when she was much younger. 
And then famed stage magician, Runcible Cabbage. Cabbage? She quickly closes the locket. Is it heart-shaped? Is it oval? Oval. Okay. Um, the, the cabbage was not in character. The cabbage was Leslie right. going cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> she looks shocked. I may have underestimated you, Miss O'Brien, she says, and she starts to turn to walk away. You know, we don't have to be at odds unless you're causing trouble. I just like to understand why people are trying to pick my pocket. I don't have money. I promise you that. Well, then I promise you I won't be in your pockets anymore. So noted. And she strides away angrily down the hall. Um, <laughs> I think the second floor is visible. So there's like... The Grand Hall is in the center of this building, and I think it okay. it extends up into the second floor. And so all these rooms are on the second floor, kind of in a, I guess, a circle, well, or a square or a rectangle. But I think you can see across from one end to the other end. And so if you stand there and watch her, you can watch her go all the way around the edge um, to the corner. So if you're looking top down, your room there are three rooms on each side. Uh, so if your side is east, your center east, her room is northwest. You see she retreats into that room pretty quickly. No, is there like actually, a staircase? yeah, there's two staircases, one on each side. She actually goes straight down the staircase and returns into the drawing room. That's where she would go. Okay, so we've got a staircase down each side and then room. Room, room. What's on the, the main wall then? Is so, there another set of rooms? or So north there is um, a master suite and south there's a master suite on the second floor. Uh, well, I told them that I was going to powder my nose, so I'm going to go uh, and I think exchange one shawl for another. Okay. Basically just so that it looks like I did do something. I did change as I left and then I'm also going to take the moment while I'm in the room to double check my belongings mm. and stash them somewhere just kind of out of the way slash hard to find just in case. Okay. Not that I have anything to hide, but basically I want to be able to know if somebody's right. being a snoop. Got it. Um, I So your, belong, your belongings are intact as far as you can tell. No one's opened your suitcase. I will give you the option. You can either go down now and rejoin the party or you can just go to bed it is about 9 30 p.m she wants to go to bed however she wants to know what's going on so she's going to um assemble her stuff stash and go she is quite tired at this point but she's made some notes on her little handy dandy notepad and she'd like to add some more all right you return down to the drawing room um, there are, are only a couple of people in here. There's, um, Stu Halpert, the nephew, Blanche Asperge, and Donovan Smoke. Miss Rutabaga is nowhere to be seen. Mm. Well, to be fair, I, I, I made her mad and I'm not surprised by that. Uh, and no officer? No, Officer Ost is also not present. Hmm. What are they up to? Just milling about? Or are they doing that really awkward thing where they kind of don't really want to be together, but they don't have anywhere else be better to be? Um, I think Asperge and Stu are sitting together. Stu is drinking another drink. 
and he's laughing and carrying on. Esperes looks like she's kind of putting up with it. And uh, Smoke is standing over by the mantle, holding a drink, but not really drinking it. Um, and is looking kind of out of place. Okay. Uh, is there a, a drinks tray or somebody serving drinks? Oh, no, there's definitely a drinks tray. And as you enter, Stu goes, ah, Miss O'Brien, you want to, can I get you a drink? Sidecar, martini. She doesn't really drink, but it's better to take something than nothing. So she will take something that is definitely a cocktail because it'll have less alcohol in it than it's like just a straight up drink. Sure. He Leslie doesn't know what any drinks are. No, that's fine. He makes you something. I don't know that many drinks. And um, <laughs> he hands it to you. You know, you take a polite sip out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. You're, you're quite the gifted host. Ah, uh, well, you know, the place is my uncle's and just trying to carry on in his stead while my grandmother seems to be uh, having a little bit of problems. Yes, that is too bad to hear. I, I was hoping to get to speak with her at some point, but... Better to let her rest, I'm sure. So, uh... She, no, go ahead. Sorry. Was she going to attend this evening until she became uh, unwell? Oh, of course. I know my uncle's been talking nonstop about this little project of his, and I think uh, my grandmother really wanted to see it in action. I'm not sure how much she approved of it, but she shrugs. She doesn't approve of much. Oh. She just... Prefers a more business-like approach to life, I suppose. Well, I don't know about that, but let's just say she doesn't prove much of me. Maybe I just get the bad end of the stick. Um, distorted viewpoint, if you know what I mean. Trying to figure out how to delicately ask why he's there. Um, is Mr. Poach trading you to take over uh, the, the business, or are you just visiting, or...? <laughs> <laughs> and he takes a drink. <laughs> no, no, there's no way he'd let me take over. No, no, no. He's got his son for that. I I note, however, that the son is not present. Is he perhaps taking care of business and unable to attend their little soiree? Ah, uh, cousin Quincy. He's kind of a stick in the mud. Maybe that's where you know. Maybe inherited it from my grandmother. Nah, you know, Uncle Walter. Uh, Uncle Walter has been always been really good to me. You know, I'm I'm the son of his favorite sister, but I don't think he knows how to connect with his own kids that well. He's got one son, one daughter. Well, two sons, but we all know how that turned out. Takes another drink. Uh, <laughs> Blanche looks very uncomfortable, and uh, Smoke looks even more uncomfortable than she does. Um, unfortunately, Penny does not know how this... What do I know about this family? Can I please make some kind of role? Yeah. Uh um, have done some research before I came. Oh, okay. Um, let's do a knowledge with a blue. I would say okay. uh, a purple and a black. Are they um is this family like a society family or are they more a business family? Uh I guess we'll find out with the role. The reason I ask is because it might change how I, I kind of phrase what I was going to do to beg for another blue. Okay, well, beg, and let's see if it applies. Oh, because if it's going to be a society family, I would say that that would be something that I would go to probably the cousin for. But if it's going to be more of a business family, given the presence of the minerals and gold and whatnot, 
I feel like he would have to have access to uh. actual mining facilities. I might have a connection through another family member because um, for context, her father's like a tinker kind of metalsmith. So uh-huh. Yeah, I don't think you would have any familial advantage in this situation. Okay, that's fine. I just thought I'd 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 offer those two in the vague hopes that I'd do better. Um, but I'm just instead going to flip another point because I'm not afraid to use them when I'm the only one that's here to take it. I don't have to ask. <laughs> Doop. Okay. Two success and three threat. Okay. 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 That's um, what did I find out and what did I not find out? Hmm. All right. Walter Poach, captain of industry, um, up and comer. He's sort of relatively new. I mean, not that new. He's not that young, but um, he kind of had to fight his way into the industries, um, particularly in mining and manufacturing and that sort of thing compared to the already established competitors. So he's a little bit more insecure about his position, hence the need to make a giant thanksgiving meal made out of precious metal um he does did have three children uh the oldest is quincy poach who is uh the heir presumptive to the entire conglomeration he's already been working for his father in many important roles as a daughter named peach uh and then uh there was walter jr aka ducky uh ducky died in the war and uh, i think that's all you would know about that I think that's a perfectly fair amount of information to have because that's something that would be in headlines or headlines on the society pages. Right. Or at least Um, something that if you were trying to inquire before you went to a party, these are things that people would know. Yeah. And because you don't want to, you know, ask where Ducky is, that kind of thing. Right. Um, So she will take another eeny weeny sip out of her glass um, in deference to the awkward nature of the fact that he's kind of laughing off the son's death. Right. Cause that's, that's like, that's not cool, man. Um, but he's also kind of drunk. So she's taking his demeanor with a, a grain of salt. What did, um, did smoke react to the reference? Oh yes. He's extremely uncomfortable with that. All right. Um, Penny is going to try to politely extricate herself by distracting um, the nephew with Miss, uh, say her name. Asperge? Madame yeah, okay. Asperge? It's French for With Asperger, Madame Asperge. Uh, is she wearing green? No, she's wearing geometric shapes. But she should be wearing green because Asperge means asparagus. As- <laughs> yeah, been wondering the whole time. Um, so she's going to politely lead the conversation back to wherever Madame Asperge was when she came in and uh-huh. at a moment when she can step away, she will. Okay, you do that. And she will sidle over to Captain Smoke. Ma'am, she's, he says again, giving her a nod. Good evening, Captain. May I be forward enough to ask you one question, please? Um, certainly, ma'am. If I can answer it, I will. What are you doing here? Ah, well, ma'am, uh, Walter Jr. was one of my soldiers. I was his commanding officer in the war. And um, despite being of a different rank, we actually became kind of close friends. 
And uh, as a result, Mr. Poach feels uh, that he likes to invite me to various functions. And uh, we've uh, created something of a friendship, I suppose. I thank you for answering. It was a very forward question. But I must say you do not seem comfortable Well, it's, in this context. Uh, you know, Stu gets a little... Stu doesn't remember how to mind his manners when he gets drunk. That's all. I think he forgets that, you know, Walter was an actual living human being who, well, you know, to be frank with you, madam, uh, we went through hell together. And so I understand that he, uh, people who haven't seen war can't fully understand. So I try to cut him some slack. Well, as you will, I do apologize for, again, my forwardness and for his. Callous Demeter. No apologies but, needed, madam. I uh, No apologies needed, ma'am. I actually appreciate the forwardness of the question. And as for Stu, I, he should probably apologize for his own behavior. And uh, you can hear Stu in the background going, Hey, Smoke, you getting yourself all bent into an alpine butterfly bend again? Everything's fine here, Stu. Smoke says and kind of raises a glass. Stu also raises a glass and throws back a, another shot. Um. Penny kind of half raises hers because she's not sure if she's supposed to. <laughs> and then pretends to take a sip. And then um, she'd like to, I'd like to kind of have a better idea. Like, does he seem middle class, upper class? Is he a West Pointer? Like, um, I don't know if you could tell from this situation. I mean, he's wearing a nice dress uniform, which kind of, you know, levels out the playing field to a certain class section. I mean, his haircut is nice, but other than that, I don't know if you could tell. It's kind of the, does does he look expensive or does he look proper? Uh, proper. I by, don't have a, by a better way to phrase that. Yeah, it's proper by military standards. I mean, everything looks standard issue to you. Um, okay. But it's like, it's a military haircut. It's not a... Correct. Fancy haircut. No, this is not Colonel Mustard living his glory days. This is a man who seems to be in active duty still. Okay. Okay. That that actually also makes a difference. Okay. Um, is Mrs. Spares still looking uncomfortable? No, she's actually um saying her good evenings and is um heading out. Oh, well, uh Penny probably should too, since it'd just then be, you know, her and these two young men and a, that doesn't seem like fun, and B, it seems potentially improprietous. <laughs> uh, also, she wants to tail Mrs. Sparish. But, um, so she will, you know, make small talk briefly, kind of, you know, how's the weather, can't believe the snow kind of stuff. Um, but when she sees Madame Sparish working her way towards the door, she will also do a kind of gentle bow out and... um politely thank Stu for the beverage on the way out the door. All right. And you trail her out. She seems to be heading up towards the staircase. I will not endeavor to overtake her. Um, I kind of just mainly want to know what room is hers. If she notices and wants to comment, Penny will respond, but otherwise she will just go to bed. Okay. And actually, I'm sorry. I gave you the wrong room positioning before. Um, uh -oh. your room is actually out. southeast. Hers is east in the dead center. Okay, so it's it's. So you guys would the actually same go up, either way you cut it. Yeah, you would There's actually a, go up the same east staircase together, but her room okay. would be right next to the staircase, and you would turn down the hall to the corner room, the southeast corner room. Okay, 
All right. So then you go to the room and you're going to sleep. I'm going to do a quick snoop and make sure that there's nothing untoward. And then I will change into my travel jammies and crash. All right. You sleep. For a little while. And then around mm -hmm. 4 a.m., there's a lot of commotion, a lot of yelling, a lot of shouting. You hear a little bit of screaming as well. Okay, so up, wrapped in a, a dressing gown, notepad and pen in pocket, at the door. Her, her long hair is, she, she braids it into one, one steady plate down the back for, for sleeping, so it's slightly disheveled but there's a long braid behind. So she's still mostly kempt, but she definitely has that smushed kind of, I just woke up face as she emerges into the hallway. Okay. So as you go into the hallway, as I said, you can kind of see down into everything. You see that almost all the guests are up in their pajamas. They're kind of running down the stairs in a panic or, or confusion. You see Mr. Poach has Miss Rutabaga by the wrist and is dragging her harshly down the last bit of the stairway and pushing her uh, aggressively towards the drawing room. Uh, everyone else is rushing down as well, including um, Officer Ost, who is already on that ground floor and he's yelling at him to stop and he's yelling that she's a thief, she's a charlatan. I knew it this whole time. And then they seem to be piling into the drawing room. I would like to follow suit. I'm assuming everybody else is going in there. Yep. Um, Penny will follow, but she will emerge in or enter the room quietly, kind of behind everyone, just more listening than intruding just yet. Okay. Unhand me. Let me go right now. I didn't do anything. Ha! I knew it the whole time. I should have had you thrown out of here the first day you arrived on my doorstep. Officer, arrest her immediately. I'm not arresting anyone until I understand what's going on. Look what was found in her room. And um, Poach holds up one of the cranberry jewels. The, the, you know, bright red rubies. I didn't take it. Then why was it found in your room? I haven't trusted you for the minute you got here, and I should have known. At least you were such a clumsy enough thief that you couldn't get away with it. Arrest her, officer. Or shall I call in the police chief and tell him about your dereliction of duty? Oh my... Everyone looks pretty shocked. Uh, he's reaching for his handcuffs. I didn't do it. Might I ask a question, please? Everyone turns to look. What happened? I went down to check on the, the shining plenty in the parlor, says Poach. That's when I saw that the cranberry jewels were missing. I immediately ran up and demanded to see uh, Miss Rutabaga's room. It only took me a few seconds of searching to find this. Where are the rest of them? I'm telling you, I don't have it. How was the case opened? He he can, he looks confused. It, it wasn't open, actually. It was still shut. And locked? I, I don't know. I didn't look. Was that all that was missing? Yes, yes, that's all that was missing. Ost takes so... out his uh, handcuffs and puts them on, on um, Miss Rutabaga and then sets her down in a chair. Seems largely unnecessary. It's not as though she can escape, but... If that is what you will, it is your home. I'm taking, I'm 
uh, Os looks around and goes, listen, I'm only arrest. I'm only placing her under arrest because I'm afraid the rest of you are going to mob us if I don't. But I'm not willing to believe just from your testimony, Mr. Poach, that she's the one who did it. I'm going to need to investigate a little bit first. What more investigation do you need? We caught her red-handed. She had the gem. Unfortunately, you have no witnesses. Mr. Poach, I, I assure you, we'll get to the bottom of this. He looks at you. I mean, if you're willing to assist on this, Miss O'Brien? I suppose I can lend my aid, but this should be an official case since you were on the site. Miss O'Brien, can I talk to you outside for a moment? She steps back from the door and gestures grandly for him to proceed. You and O step and as out into the hallway and shut the door. He leads you a little bit further away from, the, from that door and looks very nervously around, making sure nobody can hear. Listen, I know this might seem hard to believe, but I know for a fact Miss Rudebega didn't do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's waiting. <laughs> I love the long pause, like, she's just gonna wait it out. I know this because I was with her most of the night. I see. It's not what you think. Miss Rudebeg and I, we're old friends. I knew her when we were children. And where were you children? Not, not, uh, not too far from here, actually. Um, we grew up in a little town nearby. I just never moved on. I stayed here and became a police officer. And while she went off to do whatever it is she did, I didn't even know she was here until tonight. I promise you. That's what I was trying to find out where she'd been. What was she doing here? Why didn't she tell anybody she had come back to town? What happened to her mother? All of those things. What happened to whose mother? Her mother? Yes. Um, it was always just Miss Rudebeck. Uh, Trixie, that's what I know her as. Uh, Trixie and her mom, that was, it was just them two. Hmm. And her mother is I'd, gone, also went with her? Uh, it seems she's passed. At least that's what she told me. Okay. Okay. This is interesting. But listen, I can't just go in there and tell them that she was with me all night. They'll never believe that. I fail to see why they would believe otherwise. <sighs> it would be problematic a police officer being friends with a uh, scamp huh i suppose perhaps we should however investigate to at least make an attempt i i agree look if she did do it i'll gladly take her in but i'm not just gonna do it on the word of mr poach by himself she doesn't seem foolish enough to attempt something in this way okay good i'm glad that we're uh, sort of on the same page on that at least not alone. And she walks away <laughs> oh, towards the, the shining. <laughs> okay, so, um, you know, this, this is how, how these things go, is we have to establish motive, means, and opportunity. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. your investigation has officially begun. Who stole the, the cranberry gems or the cranberry jewels? So, you know, there's a couple ways you can go about this. Phoenix Wright rules apply. Uh, you can search rooms. You can talk to people. Um, if you want to focus on means or motive first, just let me know, and you know we can kind of direct things the way they they want to go. So, um, what? Well, how would you like to start? I'd like to start at the purported scene of the crime, please. I would like to go to the 
All right. So Almost you drawing room, but that's where everybody's hanging out. All right. So you're going to the parlor where the shining plenty was. Um, Officer Oves follows you as well as Mr. Poach, who is um, now curious for himself as to whether or not it was still locked. You do note that Mr. Brian is now taking a position in front of the door of the drawing room. How big is Mr. Brian? Uh, like six five. <laughs> He's okay. a big dude. So, little Miss Penny O'Brien strides up to him in her in her um, green quilted uh, dressing gown with her notepad and pen in hand, and she looks up and says, "Good evening." He nods, steps aside, and uh, lets you in. Oh, thank you. Mm. And she goes inside, and she takes a look. Shifting the cursor across the screen to see what items she can interact with. <laughs> All right, so uh, the scene is pretty much as it was before. Nothing else on the table has been disturbed, but the container holding the cranberry sauce is now completely empty. Completely empy. Indeed. Case is untouched? Well, the case doesn't seem to... The case is not broken, at least not from this cursory okay, inspection. Okay, so here's a question about the case. Is it like a fish tank where it has corners or is it like a, a glass bubble ah corners and how is it opened you can ask mr poach but i mean like is there a visible lock yeah there. there is a like and you you had seen that before there was a visible lock you didn't really take much of a look at it before but there is one so it's a very large brass mechanism on one end not really on the entry end because he didn't want it to spoil the view but if you go to one side you can see it and then there are some hinges on the other side where you see you could lift the case open now, is there a full frame, or is it as much glass as possible? Much glass as possible. Okay. Mr. Poach, how does one get into the Shining Plenty? I have this case custom design. Uh, Madame Asperge helped uh, put the whole thing together. It's made out of bulletproof glass, or at least that's what they told me. I've certainly uh, struck it with a hammer a few times just to make sure it definitely is the real deal. Can't just smash and grab that thing. Uh, come over here. He leads you to one side. To the lock. You see there's both a combination lock and a key. He pats around himself a few times looking for the key, and he finds it in his back pocket. Holds it up. Uh, there's two ways in. I have the only key. If I turn this key, it'll unlock the door. It'll unlock the lock and open the mechanism. The other is a combination lock. Only Madame Asperge and her assistants had that. Each combination is individualized to them. It records the last person's combination so that the assistants weren't tempted to walk off with it. Where's the recording? Uh, well, we can, uh, I can open the assembly right here and uh, uh, we can look if you want. That seems prudent, considering there is a concern at this moment. He slides in the key, gives it a turn, fills with it for a second, and then... Kind of, there's like a one of those pull handles, like on a safe, an old safe, mm -hmm. and uh, unlatches it. He lifts it up, and then uh, in the mechanism, the locking mechanism, you can see that there's a number code there, eight two five seven. And what does this represent? Uh, that's the last code that was entered. It looks like it's Madame Asperger's passcode was the last one entered into the mechanism. Unfortunately, it doesn't record when it was last entered. Does it only record the last? use and does it record use of the key it doesn't record use of the key i'm alone with the key and it only records wh whatever code was put in last not anything before it 
kind of rudimentary. I wanted something more complicated, but she said it would be too bulky to have a punch card system, essentially. I wish I had made her do it. Indeed. Is her assistant anywhere near? No, no, they're not here. Um, she's pacing the room, kind of looking at things as they talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there, like, is it hinged? So it's, like, does does it swing up if he has it open? Correct. Now listen, is it- now listen, designers and engineer people. I know this probably doesn't make any sense. Just go with it, okay? Like, it's just, it's hinged, <laughs> it lifts up. Be like, well, you couldn't have a hinge to support me. I don't care. Okay, it's just it's just how it works. Does it automatically open, or does it require effort? Uh, it does require them to lift it up, and it looks like similar to that of a car. Um, there's like a little tripod thing you can lift up to hold it open. Oh, there's it, it's got a kickstand basically. Yeah, it, it's not meant to be open for very long because it's just supposed to like set it up and then you put it back down. Uh, does it take? him a lot of effort to do it? No, he can do it with one hand. Okay, so it's still fairly light. Uh, I mean, if the question is, like, would this require two people? It does not require two people. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of like, how heavy is it? Because it's made of glass, so I assume that means there's, like, an assist mechanism to help it raise. Yeah. And then around the cranberry bowl, is there any sign of disturbance? Is it still open, or did he close it immediately? Oh, it's still open if you want to look around. Okay. Um, there's nothing in... I mean, there's nothing notable of the cranberry bowl itself. It's just an empty dish. Uh, roll perception, one purple. Say, um, unless something else happens to change her mind, she's probably also going to get down and look under the table. Okay. Uh, you look under the table to no avail. Nothing really okay. interesting down there. What's but my difficulty? One purple. Roll. Three green to one purple, and you rolled five (laughs) advantages and no successes. You're welcome. Good gravy, Leslie. Okay. Um, Did you miss me? All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna cash all five successes. I'm gonna tell you this. While you're crawling around on the floor, you notice some fine gold shavings, and you look up, kind of wondering, well, is this from the turkey or the mashed potato gravy or maybe that weird green bean casserole you notice that there's also some gold shavings on the lock and key mechanism is the key gold uh no is there a handy dandy trail to follow there is not booker golden shavings added to your court record did i find the shavings in the like under the glass or on the ground uh i would say there's a couple on the ground and some in the lock like where the key would be inserted Mm, okay. This seems important. Penny will remember this. Uh, so she she carefully folds it into a little envelope at the back of her notebook. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I I think it will be prudent if you would... Um, you know, she it? motions to kind of lock yeah. it back up. <laughs> he locks it back up and tucks the key into his front breast pocket. And that does seem like a better place to keep the key. When he pulled it out of his back pocket... She winced. <laughs> any but idea- she didn't say anything because it was too late. Ois asked, any ideas of who would want to steal this? Uh, Poach gives him a look like they're rubies. Who wouldn't want to steal them? Penny kind of does the same thing. She knows that we need to find motive, but frequently <laughs> ruby is enough motive. <laughs> Prof- not professor. Sorry. 
Officer Ost does make a valid point that we should investigate the reasons behind presence of your many guests, since it seems an odd group to have. Uh, I'd also want to point out that she only had one ruby, and that bowl had a lot more. Might be worth searching all their stuff. Poach looks kind of exasperated, like, whatever you guys think is the best thing you want to do. And at that moment, Boyle comes in again, um, rushes over and talks to him and goes, I'm sorry, my mother's still not well. We've been up with her all night. Who is we? You and Uh, your man here? Myself, uh, Brian Boyle, Mrs. Fry, and Mrs. Braze, the the housekeeper. Well, by no means let us delay you. Go to your mother. And we will report with uh, alacrity. uh, Yes, if you find anything else out, please let me know right away. And so he and Boyle leave. Ost? Uh, Yeah. You're local, correct? Uh, Yeah, I am. Why were you here? My car got stuck in the blizzard. I told you that. (laughs) But this is, I'm assuming this is like an estate or a manor, right? Correct. So his car got stuck and this was just the closest he could get? Like this is his, the, the nearest he was to civilization? He shrugs. Uh, I was supposed to be heading back into the city. They had me running out of running. Oh, they had me running out to one city in order to drop off some evidence for a big case coming up. Then I was supposed to head back to town, be home before the snow hit. I didn't quite make it. Thought I could take a shortcut. I mean, you know, these back roads through these estates, not a lot of people on them. And, well, I also forgot they don't plow these roads as well. I got myself stuck. So I hoofed it over to Mr. Poaches, and he uh, was kind enough to let me stay in the servants' quarters. That's where uh, me and uh, Miss Rudebega were all evening. Mm. Noted. Were you able to drop off the evidence? Oh, yeah. Good. Lord knows we would not want to stay these messengers about their duty. He frowns. Listen, I know you think I have something to do with it, but I'm a sworn officer of the law. You may assume what you wish, officer. <laughs> but come, let us discuss things with the others. All right. So you return back to the drawing room. You go past um, Brian, who is making sure nobody makes a run for it. And uh, people are kind of irritated in there. They look sleepy, you know, agitated, confused. Who do you want to talk to first? Who looks the sleepiest? Uh, Smoke. I would like to talk to Smoke first. You Actually. Ask- uh huh. Um, I will ask Smoke to accompany me to the kitchen so that we can make coffee for everyone. He nods at that. And uh, are you leaving Ost behind then, or you want him to come? I am leaving Ost behind. Okay. Because you know he's he's got to do his general investigation stuff as well. Okay, so he does some preliminary questioning. Um, with them, and you have you you have Captain Smoke coming with you. So you and the, you and the captain head back through the grain hall into the kitchen. Um, you know the kitchen's been shut down for the night, although you do see a couple of um, pots and kettles out for tea, presumably to help with Mrs. Poach upstairs. Forgive me from, sorry, forgive me for stealing you away from such an entertaining crowd. I'm sure, but I assumed that of the group available, you would be the most familiar with creating a beverage that is not alcoholic uh, well i've made my fair share of pots ma'am and so also uh, you're a lot taller than i am understood ma'am and he uh, she, starts she smiles to... trying to put him at ease but he is clearly just going to be stiff 
Yeah. Uh, he he starts looking, rummaging around the pantry. He's looking for the coffee. Uh, look, you know, trying to find which is going to be the best pot to brew everything in, and he's he's fumbling his way through it. I am assisting as I may, starting the burner, arranging cups on a plate, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I must say, I'm a little disappointed that I was the last to arise. Can you tell me how things began? Um, I'm not sure I know much more, ma'am. Uh, I was woken by some of the commotion. I uh, left my bed to investigate. I thought maybe perhaps someone was in danger or there had been an intruder. Um, then I saw Mr. Poach grabbing Miss Rutabaga and dragging her down the stairs. thought this was rather peculiar behavior for Mr. Poach. He's not generally a violent man. But I also know that he's been uh, suspicious of her for some time. So I thought perhaps I should go down and intervene, make sure he didn't do something he might regret. What has he been suspicious of? Well, ma'am, uh, he, uh, she claims to be a spiritual advisor, but uh, as far as I can tell, that's uh, more. she seems to be nothing more than a charlatan at best. I would imagine she's made a connection with Mrs. Poach and uh, is trying to get money off of her. Surely there's money to spare in this house. Perhaps, Why ma'am. would she endanger such a, shall we say, cushy position? Couldn't say, ma'am. I don't really know Miss Rutabaga that well. Even though she's been around the house for some time, I haven't only been here once over the summer. And we didn't get that well acquainted at the time. She gathers a, a tray onto a, a, a rolling cart and you know gets the accoutrement as best they can. It's mismatched. It actually, it looks... Suitable, but discombobulated. And once the coffee is ready, she will kind of start steering the conversation back to the room. And what is it you do with your time? Are you still active military? Uh, yes, ma'am. Still hold the rank of captain in the military. Uh, just trying to serve out my years, protecting our country. All right, now what was that thing you said about deception? Um, they automatically get a failure... Unrelenting skeptic. When targeted by a deception check, the character automatically adds a failure equal to the ranks in vigilance. One. So one auto one failure. Auto fail. All right. And what is your vigilance, or is it discipline? I guess it's discipline. Um, if it's discipline, it's well, it's going to be three green and one yellow. So three purple, one red. Okay, so then the roll here is going to be two green, one blue against a red, three purple, and one auto fail, which the roller can program can do? in. Yeah. Cool. If you click symbols, you can add it. Um. Oh, triple failure. Okay, he's lying. Hmm. I'm going to flip a destiny point uh, to have noticed something that I can use. Against him, kind of like in um, Ace Attorney Chronicles, when you're doing that zoom around kind of thing, you can zoom in and click on stuff. And uh, it says, wait a minute, it's smudgy fingerprints. Oh, you mean the dance of deduction? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's see. I guess... A well-read, well-educated young woman like Penny O'Brien would know a few things about the military. Um, And the thing you're going to point out is that um, his captain's bars are out of date. They don't use those kind anymore in the modern military. I assume he's not actually in uniform right now. 
Uh, correct, but you can recall that from earlier. Yeah, no, I'm just... It seems odd to me, I must say, that um, you are currently active and on this leave. I suppose it was a special request. Uh, but odd to me that they didn't update your... What is the word for those? It's the rank bars. I don't know. I, was, I don't know many military your, your The symbol of your rank designation. He freezes for a moment mid-pour of some coffee and then sets it down. Ah, well, you know, the military is all about hurry up and wait. Probably just hasn't... Just an oversight. I don't use my dress uniform that often. And yet there's such sticklers on uniformity. One might say it's in the... Uh, the name of the outfit. He sets the last mug of coffee onto the serving tray he was going to carry. He turns to you. Are you is there a point you're trying to make, Miss O'Brien? Has his calm fractured somewhat? Oh yeah. He looks panicky, but he like he's trying to control his panic with anger. Hmm. Only that I feel it is important for me to follow every lead when things are not as they seem. Are you suggesting that I would dishonor my friend's family by stealing from his father? I hardly know anything about you. Why would I suggest such a thing? Is it something I'm likely to? He narrows his eyes and picks up the tray and starts walking away back towards the drawing room. <laughs> um, I would like to make an offer. Okay. If you... Oh, give me a second. I gotta phrase this. If it is something that I would be out of line to suggest, you're welcome to help me. He pauses. What do you mean by that? Simply that I am merely searching for missing rubies and to either accuse or exonerate. If you have nothing to do with the rubies, you have nothing to fear from me. I didn't take those rubies. Did you take something else? No. Then why are you upset? It has nothing to do with this case, or whatever this wild goose chase you're on is, and it has nothing to do with you. So I'd ask you to please leave your business alone. Leave my business to me. Very well. I will follow what leads I have where they take me, since I have no reason not to go where I need to. And she walks and takes the tray and goes into the room. All right, people are still... Looking irritated, but the sight and smell of the coffee does lift their spirits a bit. Um, Stu, in particular, seems to be very happy to have some coffee and starts glugging it down without a sense of, well... It's quite hot. <laughs> it doesn't seem to phase him. Are you quite all right, sir? Yeah. Ugh. God, my head is killing me, though. She thinks back to the numerous drinks that he knocked down. I can only imagine. Uh, I don't suppose we could uh, Irish this whiskey up, or Irish this coffee up a bit, huh? You know, hair of the dog. I've never understood why people are so keen to intake dog's hair, as it were. But if you'd like to, you certainly may. I just would ask that you refrain from becoming overly boisterous. It might be disconcerting for those that are less lubricated. He looks around. Yeah, I guess this is kind of a mess. He sips the coffee again. Well, I think I'm going to go back to bed. Trying to think. I'm sorry. I don't know how to stop him. <laughs> you just tell him to stop. Like, uh, why? Why do you think you go to go? you're going to bed? Yeah, I, don't know. I would request that you actually linger with us yet. 
He looks confused. Why? Do you think I have something to do with this? Should I not? He gestures around. This is my uncle's home. What, what, what would I have a use for this? Well, simply put, it is your uncle's home, not yours. That is frequently quite enough. Please. I'm doing just fine. I don't need to be swiping rubies. What is it you do? What is it don't I do? I live life. Let's see. Upon uh, whose? Hmm? Let's see. I'm into fencing, rock climbing, boating, uh, kayaking, um, skiing when the snow is right. This snow is a bit powdery for it, in my opinion. Um, you know, just sort of a man about the world. Don't really work. Just sort of live off of the fruits of my uh, father's labor, I suppose. Okay, and just real quick, uh, he is nephew by a sister. Correct. And his name was Stu... Halpert. Do I know that name? No, you do not. And I need to roll another deception check. <laughs> this is really annoying. This... <laughs> <laughs> And one... She tops up his coffee. Auto fail. Okay. Uh, failure. A So it was two yellow and a green against a red, um, three purple, and an auto fail. So it is two failures, an advantage, and a triumph. I see three failures, but okay. No, the first failure is the, um, the added auto failure. Oh, I yeah, see. That's what I just realized. So, um, okay, you know he's lying to you, but you have no idea in what way he's lying to you. In fact, he just seems to be a slimy, lying person all around. And so the triumph here is like, you really don't know which rabbit hole to f jump down. It's not that clear to you. Okay. Um, I would like to... Hmm. I want to start a fight. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. How are we starting a fight? Out, basically, I want him to have annoyed uh, the good captain so much that there is a, a heated altercation between the two, since he is bragging about the life he leads, uh, coasting off of family money, Okay. Uh, without any respect to the source of that money or the other people in the family. Okay. Um, how are you going to do that? Um, I think she, uh, a common, it's got to be like a comment about familial obligation or respect or something. Let's say, so surely we, as a member of these families, even though you enjoy the fruits of their labor, you should support and endeavor to participate. If only out of respect. They are your family. Participate in what exactly? Participate in working myself to death? What's the point of being rich if you can't enjoy it? Roll. Uh, I don't know. It's a social check. It's sort of deception. I would also take oddly intimidation? Coercion? Hmm. What is coercion? I can't remember what coercion rolls off of. Is that willpower? Oh, you wouldn't like it. It's will. I think I would take coercion, actually. Because you're trying to coerce... I'm egging him on. Yeah. You're not tricking him. There's no, de there's no. no actual deception involved. 
It's not a negotiation. Okay, so it's not a charm. Let's kind of twist twist the 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 comment then. Um, if not out of respect for the family, out of respect for yourself, what have you accomplished with your life? Yeah, roll a coercion. I guess that'd be an opposed cool. So coercion against, um, I guess a yellow and a green. A yellow, and a red, and a purple. Yeah, 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 yeah. A red and a purple. Can I have a boost for the heightened emotions already flying around the room? Uh, uh, I will give you one blue, one black. Okay, fair enough. So four green, one red, one purple, one blue, one black. Yeah. This is hard when you're hiding so much stuff. To success, to advantage. Okay. So success is in response to my self-respect out of accomplishment kind of comment is he will say something ugly that triggers smoke. Um, and the advantages is I'd like him to say something that gives me either insight into him or to smoke or something. Right. But he said, okay, what, uh, okay. What Stu says is respect is one of those stupid platitudes or respect is something invented by people to keep them under control guilt us into doing something stupid like work you want me to respect myself i'm doing it by living life you don't see no animals worrying about respect do you they just do whatever feels good that's what i do by any means necessary and in response smoke leaves angrily but panicked and this is a really keen insight because what you're realizing is that you've made this ploy based on an assumption of what Smoke is, that he would care mm -hmm. about things. And he clearly is not reacting in the way that you thought he should be reacting if he was telling the truth, which you already knew he wasn't. So there's But I didn't know what he was lying about. Right. So. And so now you're even more suspicious that the Smoke is hiding something Big, really big. And Stu kind of shrugs as he leaves and goes, See, that's what happens when you get yourself all worked up and screwed too tight. Rules, regulations, and yes, sirs. As he storms out and Stu shrugs, Penny O'Brien's mind is racing on the case. Who stole the cranberry jewels? We'll have to find out next time. It was really unsatisfying to have a next time without a next time on uh, this Thanksgiving Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> dragon, rock the dragon, Dragon Ball Z. Oh, man. I feel so useless. Penny, be smarter than me. Look, this whole anti-deception role thing, though, is really killing me. <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah, all... But the because I have to, like, if I feel like it auto-procs, and I feel like in order to to honor that talent, I have to tell you every time someone's deceiving you, because I have to roll. And so it's like, even, you know, even if they pass the check, which they're not going to against a red and three purple. Um, but I think that's good. I think it's it's a good mechanism to keep us, uh, to keep the story going forward. And I think it's a the, the character's built very well so that the, she's not getting hoodwinked. 
And it's it's been like, okay, I can tell this guy's lying. I don't know about what, but he's lying. Yeah, that's that's the problem, is it helps on one hand, but it also hinders because it's just making everything deception porridge. It's just yeah. wading through people. But it is also lying. telling you when people aren't lying because I'm not rolling. <laughs> nah. Or they're not lying about something important. I guess that's that's true, but it's because I mean the the standard social deceptions of confidence and whatnot, they are what they are. But right, you telling me this and it actually being actively inaccurate. But I didn't get to talk to Lady Asparagus. We'll get to it. How many food puns did you find? Okay, so I don't know if boil was intentional. Yep, because you've got fry, poach, and boil. Yep. Oast, I'm not sure if I'm missing something. His name is Robert Oast. So he's roast? Yeah, roast. <laughs> okay. Stewart is stew. Yeah. Blanche. Mm-hmm. So they're all cooking. Um, They're all cooking. Smoke. Smoke is cooking. Brine. Blanche asparagus. And then that is a way you cook asparagus is blanching it. I'm actually cooking. I think it's more preparation. Um, I noticed that the name Quincy came around again. Yeah, but that's only because it's it's really quince, because all all those the, the the three poached children are foods you you poach. So quince, you can poach a quince, you can poach peaches, you can poach duck. I'm trying to remember what poaching actually is. It's like it's cooking in boiling water. That's what I thought. Doesn't sound appealing, but you know, reach their own. So now really the only one you have to figure out is Trixie Rutabaga, but you're kind of halfway there, so. I wouldn't trust a Trixie Rutabaga. All right, anything to plug? No, because I fell on my face trying to get anything done with my life, and I need to record something else so that I can have three episodes so I can tell you to listen to it and sell, sell it and share it. Oh, but scheduling sucks. Yeah, it does. Well, eventually, eventually, Leslie will finish the secret project and we'll be able to share it with you. But in the meantime... Um, what the heck? I don't even know what's going on anymore. Uh, I'm on Blue come Sky. Come say hi on Discord. Yeah, come hi say on the Discord. I'm on Blue Sky. Um, don't remember how uh, that Yeah, works. you say you're on Blue Sky, but are you on Blue Sky or do you have Blue Sky? I have Blue Sky. <laughs> I open it a couple times a week. And then you close it. Yeah, listen guys, it's been a rough month or two. <laughs> It's been a rough several months. Let's just call it what it is. It's not been easy. So um, thank you for your continued support. I hope that um, if you are listening to this on Thanksgiving or near Thanksgiving or during your travels, that you are safe and happy or, you know, that this has been a comfort to you. And again, as usual to the rest of the world, happy regular Thursday. Happy awesome Thursday. Okay, we'll upgrade it to awesome. Bye. Bye.